All right, let's get into uh, kingdom leadership here. Um, we're going to spend some time today talking about, when I get to it, liberty. Well, a combination of genuineness and liberty, but together. So, so again, you know, we've been talking about leadership. We've talked about the different levels. But uh, we're going to spend some time with really talking about the genuineness of, of a leader and the value of liberty in leadership. And, you know, uh, leadership, and if, if we can put them together, leadership and courage may seem very lonely, but the fulfillment more than compensates for the crowd. So leadership and courage uh, can seem pretty lonely. You know, to operate in a level of courage, to do the things other people aren't willing to do, to operate in a level of leadership, uh, to lead, to be out in front, to deal with the accountability, responsibility of leadership. Um, it can be lonely to lead, uh, but the fulfillment more than compensates for the crowd. But the interesting thing is the flip side of that is compromise may seem crowded. It may, it may not be as lonely. Uh, but the reality of emptiness and actual loneliness smothers the crowd. So you have one where you're trying to lead and you're being, and you, you're being courageous. And when you're out there like that, you're out in front like that, the accountability, responsibility, it can seem kind of lonely because there's not a whole lot of people willing to take the steps that you're willing to take. Uh, but when you get fulfilled, it more than compensates for the fact that everybody's not going that route. Um, but on a contrast, we're tempted to compromise, and and it's a whole lot of people compromising, you know. So so that's kind of a crowded road. Uh, but the reality of the emptiness and the actual loneliness smothers the crowd. Like you could be around a bunch of people and still be lonely, right? So leadership is about liberty. Leadership is about liberty. Let's go to Romans eight. All right, so uh, Romans eight twenty one, and again, I told you Romans eight is a great chapter in, in general. Just kind of gives us the, the full understanding of the flesh and the spirit. But verse twenty one says, uh, "I find in a law that when I," uh, uh, it's verse seven. Sorry, that's chapter seven. Um, I should be at chapter eight twenty one. It says, "Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption." into the glorious liberty of the children of God. So again, God's designed us, and once we're born again and we start walking in the spirit, we're delivered from bondage to walk into liberty. We're delivered from bondage to walk into liberty. And so liberty is the courage to be. Liberty is the courage to be. And so that's what a lot of the struggle is a lot of times because you 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 can it's so easy to conform it's very difficult to to uh be courageous enough to maintain your genuineness courageous enough to maintain your genuineness and your authenticity so liberty uh which is a freedom word it's the courage the courage to be <laughs> Courage to be, and I'll, I'll be explaining that within the next few minutes or so. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever seen the movie. I know I'm a movie person, but uh, it's a great movie, Braveheart. 
uh, and um, and uh, he he made a, a statement in the movie. He said, uh, uh, "Men don't follow titles; they follow courage. Men don't follow titles; they follow courage." And so, you know, because he was, you know, he was in a, a mind game battle uh, with the other general, and and the other general was wondering why people were flipping <laughs> and not following him, but following, uh, I forgot the guy's name, uh, what his title was in the movie, but what he made the statement, he said, you know, he, he basically was telling, telling him, you don't get it. Uh, men don't follow titles. They follow courage, you know, so, so, so we have to realize people are following what's on the inside of you more than what you wear on the outside. And this is so, so interesting because hustlers, people that hustle and, and those that hide, they still might be followed temporarily. They still might be followed temporarily, but they're a decision away from exposures crash. So people that hustle and hide, which is different from somebody operating in courage, it doesn't mean that people won't follow them. They'll follow them temporarily, but they're a decision away from exposures crash. So, and that, you know, people that are hustling and hiding, not being genuine, not embracing the authentic path to growth, are always looking over their shoulder because the only way they've been in position is they've had their hands on every step of the way. And so the thing about you trying to hold up your position you don't have the strength to do it yourself so eventually you're going to weaken and that weaken you'll make a bad that weakness you make a bad decision and everything will start crashing you know you'll be exposed for a person that lives more out of fear than out of courage people that live out of fear may look like a leader but in their core they're not leaders you know leaders are courageous right um you know something I, I was I learned in corrections that the youth followed the genuine, not the front. The youth followed the genuine, not the front. And so, so you have people that the way the way we would train them in corrections was to be authentic. So you know you had to go through training, you had to go through crisis crisis intervention training, and you had to go through your orientation with me, which was behavior management and things like that. But I would always tell them. Because everyone that signed on was a leader. You had to lead these youth, uh, and sometimes in some difficult situations, sometimes tough situations. Um, but but the thing about about people would I'm gonna say, I'm not gonna say frustrated. People would struggle in those environments when they were afraid to be genuine. So in other words, if they like, if they saw me doing something, and let's say they were a female correction officer, so they tried to do stuff like me, um, and I'm saying like me or like a male, well, they would struggle because they're not a male. You know what I would tell them is I said these are youth; they respect if you're genuine, so they're gonna follow the mother, they're gonna follow the grandmother. I mean, you could be older. If you were genuine, they will follow you because you're genuine. But if you were fronting, they would run all over you because. Something about the, the the they knew the person that fronted was in fear, and they would they uh, it would be we would what we call it is uh we call them man downs but that means a man is down, <laughs> and we would come to your unit everybody it was always a riot on your unit, <laughs> it was a riot on your unit because you were operating in fear. Some of y'all remember that and work with with us in corrections, but I noticed all you had to do is be yourself. And I remember when I first took the 
maximum security for youth job, I was driving through the barbed wire. I told this story before, but I was like, Lord, how am I going to do this now? I'm a Christian. And in New York, I wasn't. It was my B.C. days, so I, I tried to uh, respectfully intimidate the kids. I say it that way. <laughs> Uh, but I knew I'm a Christian now. I can't curse. I can't do none of those things. But it actually was easier. It was actually easier because I, I was actually more genuine. But the, you're tempted to be operating fear because, you know, you're worried about, you know, sometimes it was one on 60. But I told the kids, I was like, if 60 of y'all's one of me, I said, if y'all got together, y'all could just run me over and do what y'all want. I said, but we know that's not going to happen because y'all can't get an agreement. Now do what I told you to do. And they would do it. But honestly, I just told them the plan. <laughs> All he had to do is get an agreement. <laughs> and they could have just, one, it's one of me. <laughs> probably three of them probably could have took, took me. Maybe a little more than three at the time. <laughs> at the time, you know. At the time, I was a little, little powerlifting dude. All right, so uh, you got to ask yourself, you know, when you, when you, your first thought is the front, you got to ask yourself, what's wrong with the sincere you? Like, what's wrong with just you as you are? Like, why, is it, why, why do we have to, sincerity means to display the cracks, not hide them. Why can't we just operate in just who we are? Cracks, uh, big lip, whatever. Why can't we just roll with who we are? Like, why, does, why, why do we always have to pretend? Um, why are your accomplishments more important than your authenticity? Why are your accomplishments more import important than your authenticity? Now just ask yourself these questions because God is um, recruiting leaders in his kingdom. And he's looking to promote some people to lead and to empower, to multiply, to produce but he needs people with courage. He needs, we're going to Philippians 3. He, we need, he needs people that operate in liberty, people that operate in genuineness, and people that are, which is the same word, but authentic, right? To lead his people. He's had enough pretense. I mean, there's all over the world, people with great platforms, and they're just good orators, know what to say, saying all the lines, know how to inspire, but not empower. Right? And so God is he's looking to promote some folk. Alright, so so Philippians three uh we'll start here is uh verse seven. It says, But what things were gained to me? What what things were gained? And it's a it's a singular word there, it's not past tense, it's present tense. What things were gained? You know, uh, to me, those I counted lost for Christ. So basically, my system of operating to, to gain, gain advantage, gain position, uh, gain props, gain status, all the things that were gained to me, I counted as loss, right? He says, Yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. Like he just redundantly said, then he just said, and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. 
So I submerged myself in anointing. I had to empty out all these other things I used to hide, all these other things I used to hustle, all these other things I used to front. I had to get rid of those for what really was going to give me what I truly needed, right? It says, look, now, now it says, when you, when, when you locate me now, so you used to locate me in the front, in the hustle, in the hiding, but if you find me now, look where you'll find me, and be found in him. So if you find me, it's going to be hard for you to determine, is that Christ or is that Jamal? This is kind of hard, right? He says, being found him, not having my own righteousness. So all these other things I was establishing as my own righteousness. You know, all the, the pretense, all the, you know, you know, everything I did, you know, I, you know, bought my own tiara, my own crown. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's kind of how I was rolling, you know, when I say I'm speaking in general. That's why I use tiara. You know, I ain't rolling with no tiara. Yeah, forget that. <laughs> Yeah, I want to just involve everybody, right? You know, so <laughs> hopefully nobody take a sound bite out of that one, right? I saw this one faster. No. But, uh, but it's saying, you know, when I, you know, I bought my own ring, my status. I, I bought my way to a promotion. I hustled my way in a position. He says, so not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, by by faith. So what he's saying is, there's things that have been uh, lined up and established and built up as if you do it this way, you get props. If you have this on, you get props. If you're in this position, you get props. But what he's saying is, I just want to win Christ. If I win Christ, I have all that I need. But if we're honest, sometimes we'll sacrifice Christ for. The position, the props, uh, you know, so, you, you know, you know, like you go back to your reunion. Uh, what do you do for a living? You know, ain't nobody saying I'm wearing Christ. <laughs> Matter of fact, Christ might not come up. Christ, Jesus or the disciples <laughs> at the reunion because you, you, you people trying to get props, you know. So, uh, yeah, I'm the uh, chief executive administrator over, uh, well, kind of like vice president, really more, more likely over the Department of um, uh, Excellence, excellence, excellence. Yeah, I might be just cleaning something, you know what I'm saying? But what I'm saying is like, but we go in going, matter of fact, we ain't showing up unless we can present ourselves a certain way, right? You know, as opposed to just presenting yourself where you are at that particular time. You see, see and you know what the value of that is? Because people that see where you are, almost are so enlightened, overwhelmed when you get where you're going because they've seen the process. But if you front it the whole time like you are already at a status, God can promote you somewhere and people won't impact them at all because they'll be like, basically, you be got to be promoting you to the, to the job you told everybody you had all the time. <laughs> you know, so it'd be like, so why you keep you walking around like you're excited? Haven't you been the last 10 years? <laughs> You've been lying. You know, as opposed to just just presenting every stage, that's your testimony. This is kind of where I'm at, and this is the and the next stage, and the next stage, and what and someone that's actually have to go down that road can see that is if they can do it. Like I watched them, I watched them at this stage, I saw them at this stage, I saw them at this stage, and it's so inspiring to see God move you through the different stages, right? 
you know, don't just show them the uh, the present or or the the uh, the the grandness of where you're going. Show them the process. Yeah, show them the process, right? All right, so so again, but we have to be authentic to do that, and that's 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 healthy leading. Jesus showed us him on the cross. Jesus allowed us seeing him get beat. Now, if that was some of us, we've allowed that entire process. Cause we like no 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 you ain't gonna make me look bad I'm the Messiah <laughs> like we would be like I'm the Messiah hit me again hit me again I got all these angels hit get, come on I dare you to hit me again right yeah yeah you know what I'm saying like you <laughs> right right like I mean we would roll different like cause we don't even go through those extremes it could just be somebody. It's not it overlooked us. And we were like, nah, I'm the one that did it. Ho, 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 ho. I can't believe y'all giving them credit. I did it. Right? Look at all that Jesus did, but he was being, he allowed them to treat him like nothing. Right? But that wasn't for, for him. That was for us. Right? So, so like, because you can't roll up and Jesus said, well, you don't understand what I've been through. Really? <laughs> Are we having this conversation right now? <laughs> Really? Are we gonna compare what we've gone through? <laughs> right? So so it's just it's is but somebody's gonna be talking to you like you don't understand. <laughs> yeah, but if they seen your process, they just gonna listen to you. Uh uh You have to ask yourself, do the accomplishments make you or do you make the accomplishments? Do the accomplishments make you or do you make the accomplishments? Now, now, don't get me wrong. Accomplishments should be celebrated, just not idolized. So accomplishments should be celebrated, just not idolized. Do accomplishments make you or do you make the accomplishments? And this is what's so tough. We're going to really get into this whole liberty thing. Because some of us think people are there to provide us a platform. Like we think people are there to give us a platform so we, we're sweet. Actually, the platform is there to provide them freedom. So people aren't, the, the, people aren't there to, give, to make, give us a platform. The platform is actually there to provide them freedom. Scripture says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. It says, uh, freely I have given to you, freely you should give to others. Right? It's all about liberty. Luke 4.18. Let's go to Luke 4.18 real quick. Luke 4.18. So I, so I, I quoted Matthew 10.8. You know, freely has been given to you, so freely you should give. That's Matthew 10.8. And then I also quoted 2 Corinthians 3.17, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Right, second Second Corinthians three seventeen, but we're gonna hit here Luke four eighteen, Matthew ten eight, chapter ten verse eight. That's uh, freely I've given to you, so freely you should give. Right. All right. So look, 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 look here. It says, uh, uh, "The Spirit of the Lord," verse eighteen, Luke four eighteen. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. That's them that are without. It says he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to, to preach deliverance to the captives, right? And the recovering of sight to the blind. 
And look, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to set at liberty, to release the captives. So Jesus, a part of the anointing, the anointing one of the anointing, is to free folk. And so if he's imparting it to us and he's sending us out as disciples, our job is to get free so we can free others. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed, right? In, in what you do. So, so it's uh, something I, I taught years ago in another state, but uh, our goal is to live a supernatural life of liberty, a supernatural life of liberty. I know I have messages, a phone answering messages, and I've been talking about liberty for years. Um, actually, we, we were talking about that earlier today. Uh, you didn't know I was going to talk about this. But, but you know, it, it's hard. Liberty is hard just to be free. Because everything around you is tempting you to be bound, tempting you to make decisions based on what they say, make make decisions based on what they're doing, make decisions based on what's popular, but not really being free, uh, but to just to jump into situations. And, and, and a lot of times you, it's hard to be free because we're in fear. You know, fear uh, challenge us, challenges us from being free. You know, that's why sometimes it's more difficult to be free because we're in fear. You know, fear tightens us up. It, 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 it uh, restricts us from walking in liberty. So people are looking for things and people and positions to fulfill the, fill them, but they haven't been looking for freedom. So, 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 see, the world has set things up. The world tells you to conform. God tells us to transform. The world tells you to conform. God tells us to transform. Romans 12, 2. It says, be not conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So what is God saying? He's saying that, okay, when I showed up, you were conforming. And what were you conforming to? You were conforming to bondage, a world of bondage where you were bound. You were limited. You couldn't freely move into the things that I purpose you to do. Right, so I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. I said choose life, but it's kind of it was hard for you to choose life because you were bound. Fear said, "Don't take that step. Something bad will happen." You know, you conform to a world of worst case scenarios. Well, don't make this step because this could happen and that could happen and this could happen and that could happen. And this could happen. He says, "But you're not playing off of what I'm trying to show you. You're playing off of what has happened, or what you've seen, or what you've experienced." Remember, we talked about. You have four sources of authority. You have uh, was, was, intellect, tradition, and experience. He says, so you're playing off a of tradition, intellect, and appearance, but the true source of authority is what? The word. The word says, me and my, my sister was talking about this uh, the other day. The word says, cast your cares, don't carry them. The word, the, uh, first, first Peter 5. The word says in Philippians 4, 6, be careful, full of care for nothing. It says, it's through another version, it says, be anxious for nothing. Uh, through prayer and supplication, let your request be made known unto him. So when you're tempted to be in fear, it's saying, intercede and pray. Pull some stuff from heaven. Some, some stuff some, for them spiritual places, spiritual things in heaven. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Ephesians 1, 3. <laughs> All right. All right. So, so what he's saying is here, you know, now I've, I've set you free. You know, the spirit of the Lord is says liberty. I've set you free. Right, I want you to operate in liberty. And so, but what happens is when we start conforming, we're looking for things, we're looking for people, we're looking for positions to fulfill us, but we should be looking for freedom to fulfill us. Because when you're free, you're, you can be fulfilled because you're unstoppable. 
There's nothing that can stop you. There's no limit. Remember, they said that they limited the Holy One of Israel through their unbelief in uh, uh, Psalm 78, right? And so, so uh, Psalm 78, I believe, is verse 41. So what he's saying is like, if now that you're free, now you can be who you are. Like, the only thing we're going to be happy at being is what we were designed to be. God fearfully and wonderfully made us, Psalm 139, 14, right? He took, he took special care. So fearful is, I, I put Jamal together, but ah, there's still a little bit of him like his brother. So I got to add this piece. Ah, a little bit like his dad, got to add this piece. Ah, a little bit like his sister, got to add this piece. So I gotta, I'm, 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 make, I'm, I'm spending special time to make sure this stuff Jamal has that he can't compare to nobody else but Jamal. Right? And so if he's free, then he'll be that. Right? That's why we all have a different fingerprint, right? Because we're all different. Right? And then... So, so, so I, I took special care to make them, but I, I couldn't stop there. I filled them with wonders. Now, the tough part is we have, the scripture says in 2 Corinthians 4, 7, we have this treasure hidden in the earthen vessel. We don't need it to stay hidden until Jesus come. The goal is to get the treasure out, right? To get it out. But every time that treasure comes out, now what's in you hasn't been seen. The Bible says the kingdom of God is within. So that treasure's in there. But you have to release it. But every time you release a little bit, the, the, the people that you're trying to conform to or the people that they've never seen it before, what you doing? What you trying to do? Man, that's crazy. Man, ain't nobody. Nobody's ever done that. Well, good. <laughs> that means I'm on the right track. <laughs> See, because there's a narrow way that leads to life and peace. There's a broad way that leads to destruction. I'm not trying to do what everybody's doing anyway. I'm trying to do what I was designed to do. But I have to be free to do that. Now, if, I, if, if I'm a good leader, I'm operating in that liberty. I'm free to be who I am. What am I doing? I'm giving other people permission to be who they are. Right? Well, what's the, what's the, what's the uh, poem, I am a, uh, I'm Not Afraid? It says, uh, I'm probably, Holy Spirit had to help me with this. It's, uh, so it says, I'm not afraid. He says, he says uh, and it was in a movie, Coach Carter. So he says, what are you afraid of? He kept asking what he's afraid of. He says, what I'm afraid of is that, that when, I, when I shine my light as brightest, right? He says, I'm tempted to back off the light. He says, but when I, when I, when I shine my light as brightest, he says, I unconsciously give other people permission to shine their light. He says, so me being small is not helping anybody. He said, me being shining my light is what's helping people because now I'm freeing other people to shine their light. Now, that's scripture, right? Let your light so shine. Don't hide your light under a bushel in Matthew, right? Right, so, so, so the more that I limit myself, I'm leading other people to limit themselves. There's one thing you'll learn about relationships. Transparency begets transparency. So if you're transparent and you're around somebody else, they're going to open up. But if you're hiding, guess what? They're going to be hiding too. Because something in them going, something different. You know, you be around people, you be like, I don't know, just something different. But what it is, right, you can't put your finger on it. They're holding something back. But guess what? They're looking at you saying the same thing. They're cool, but something ain't right there. Because you're not being your authentic self. You're not being totally free. You're not displaying the cracks. But you want them to display theirs. You know, you get into a new relationship, you meet the person. Why do you want them to what? You want to know what you're getting because you don't want to be dealing with no craziness, right? But then you hiding. <laughs> so, so here you got the right person right there. All they need is all of you, 
But you like, I ain't giving all of me until they give me all of them. And they saying, I ain't giving them all of me until they give me all of them. Well, guess what? <laughs> Nobody getting nothing. <laughs> all right, there you go. All right. So, so, so again, we're talking about leadership here, but we're talking about we've walked through uh, leadership. It takes courage and operating leadership and courage is a lonely place. But compromise is even more lonely because it looks like a crowd, but you're lonely within the crowd. Right. Because you're hiding and hustling. You ain't being the real you. And see, when we're, fr when we're ourselves, we're so free. Because you can be that all the time. You can't keep the front up. Uh, I was in, in college in New Jersey. Uh, I'm not from New Jersey, but I went to college in New Jersey, too. And I remember we used to sit around talking, and, you know, people be talking about other people. Right? And so it's time for me to lead a room. And... You know, and I remember I used to like, oh, I'm going to count to seven Mississippi, then I'm leaving. Because I figure when I leave, they're going to talk about me too. <laughs> right? But why don't I just get up and leave? I'm, it's, ready, it's time to go. Just get up and go. Like, but your mind is like, oh, well, uh, uh, they talking about people, and then they, they're going to eventually talk about me. And you, you, it's, you so much in your head, just be, be who you are. Like, be who you are, right? So this is important here to operate in liberty. So we said people are looking for things and people and positions to fulfill them, but they haven't been looking for liberty. So this is the key. You may have the relationship, but are you free? You may have the car, but are you free? You may have the house, but are you free? See, so what are we playing off of? Yeah, hey, hey, you may have, uh, you may have the money, you may have the salary, you may have the, the bling and the things, but are you free? So we should be playing off of freedom, not playing off of stuff, right? Let's go to John 8. It's a familiar scripture, but let's just weave it into like a tapestry into what we're talking about today. So John 8, 31, it says this. It says, then Jesus said to the Jews, which believed on him, it says, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed in what you're doing, right? And it says, and ye shall, now you have to continue in the word, right? So it's not just knowing the word, but it's applying. It's the application, right? Not just the information, right? It says, uh, it says and you shall know, be intimate with the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now you can operate in the liberty. You can't operate in liberty in a lie. Right? You can't operate in liberty in a lie. You have to be in truth. Now, truth, the word truth means final reality, finished product. We understand that uh, a caterpillar is not the truth. The butterfly is. Right? Tadpole is not the truth. The frog is. Right? So the thing is, a lot of us are not in truth yet. Right? We're evolving into truth. Some of us have stopped uh, truth at, at 15, 13, 12. Now, we've kept aging, but we've smothered truth. Right? You have a treasure hidden in an earthen vessel. We haven't been free. Once you stop being free, you're not operating in truth. Right? And so, so we walk around looking for promise from God, but that promise was earmarked for the truth. It wasn't earmarked for compromise. So, so the promise is looking for you. Just you're not you. Hey, you come up, hey, hey, I'm here to get the promise. And we're like, okay, could we have your ID? Uh, according to this, uh, no, I'm sorry. We, just, we don't have nothing for you. See, because you, you, you're trying to wear them and receive what God has for you, but God, what God has for you, he has for you, the truth. 
And see, again, as a good leader, we're leading people in truth. That's what's so tough, you know, like, you know, as pastors, we're sharing the truth, not because it's exciting, not because everybody wants to hear it, not because it lines up with the reason why you did what you did. We're sharing the truth because our job is to free you more, more than you get stuff, more than will you get status, more than you get position. Our job is to free you because if you're free, what's going to happen when somebody else gets around you? They're going to be free, right? But if we leave you bound, okay, so, so we, we talk about this a lot here at the church. You know, you per, person's in a situation, and you, you know, you want to be there for them. So let's just say they're, uh, we'll say they're in a prison of, I have to pick, have to pick a blank chair here. <laughs> let's say this person's in a prison of lust. So picture the bars around them, locked up. They've been, they've been locked up, sentenced to however many years or months to lust. But you know how we do. We want to show we're good Christian. We want to come visit them. We're going to do a prison visit, right? And we're going to go there. And what are we saying? We're on our way to the prison. We're going, I'm going to be there for them, right? No, nobody's coming to visit them but you. You're visiting them in their prison. And you get to them and you talk to them and you're nice to them. You bring them some cake. You throw them, you know, they might like a... Uh, uh, sweetest fish or something like that. You may bring them some sweetest fish, you know, some Jolly Ranchers, could be some uh, red velvet cake. You know what I'm saying? So you, you bring that to them so they can have the things that they need, right? Then, now the whole time you're talking to them, I, the, the whole time you're talking to them, you have something in your pocket. You're free from lust. You got keys in your pocket. But you're talking to them and you, you give them their red velvet cake. You give them their sweetest fish. And guess what? You fulfilled. I was there for them. And you leave the prison. You just leave. And you go back and operate in your freedom. They still bound. But you were there for them. No, you weren't. Should have gave them the keys. Now, the keys that's in your pocket are truth. You had the truth. You could have got them out of prison. Listen, they could have got their own sweetest fish in Ralph Velvet Cake. <laughs> like for days. But what we do is we suppress the truth. Right? And comfort the person in prison. And just leave them there. We're not leading right. <laughs> that ain't fair. That ain't right to leave somebody bound also, they would like you and not be mad at you. Right? Uh, verse 36 says, if the son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. So if you're free, you should allow other people to be free. And see, so it, it takes patience. I get it to walk in this liberty. It takes a lot of patience. The scripture says in Luke 21, 19, through patience, you possess your soul. Right? Through patience, you possess your soul. Now, that's 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 take control, lead and guide it. Remember, we go back into Romans eight, where he says the carnal mind is to be carnally mind is death, to be spiritually mind is life and peace. And remember, we've talked about this. This church, the Bible is talking to the soul, right? Because it, it said to be carnally fleshly minded is death, to be spiritually minded is life and peace. He didn't say nothing about the soul. He's talking to the soul. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. He's talking to the soul, right? What profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Your, the, the ability to choose to be free, right? And so here he's saying 
I've set you free so you have an opportunity to be free. Now he's saying that don't let, don't let your soul get possessed by your flesh, but ultimately by Satan. Remember we did the diagram, you don't have to pull it up, but we did the diagram where uh, Satan had access to the flesh, right? So, so you don't want the flesh running your life because it's going to have your first reaction to be fear. Your first reaction to be self. Your first reaction should be doing what, what's best. Not what's easy. All things are lawful, but not expedient. All things are lawful, but I won't let nothing have power over me. Rule me. 1 Corinthians 6.12, right? So, so, so it says, through patience, you possess your soul. You fill your soul up with you. And now you make the decisions that's more in line with who you are, not what they say, right? So, so, so again, we're trying to lead here. We can't operate in fear. The scripture says, uh, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Clear thinking mind. Not filled up with all of them and what they say and their standards and their rules. I know when I first, uh, I, was, I was raised with foster parents when I first came back to my family. Again, I'm trying to fit in. You know, this is, I'm back with the family. So, and, and, and at first, I don't know anything. I'm going, this is how we do things. And so I'm trying to roll with this how we do things. But everything just wasn't Keith. But I'm just like, hey, if, if you want to be accepted, this is how you roll. But after a while, I was like, man, I just can't do this, man. And, 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 and everything might not have been crazy, but everything wasn't Keith. All right? Might not have been crazy. But I, said, I just can't do this. So now I'm rubbing people the wrong way. It's like, don't you know this is what we do? Yeah, but that's not what, what Keith does. I can't do it. I'm not free. And then, you may be comfortable, but I'm not comfortable. So I had to start doing things different. I just couldn't do, do, do things the same. And, you know, first I got heat, but after a while it was like, <laughs> you think different anyway. Fine. I'm, I'm not against nobody. I'm for Keith, God's design. You see, God fearfully one of you made, made me. I have to be what he made to please him. He took the time to make me, put wonders in me. I got to be that. And see, I have to, and then I'm responsible now. We are responsible as pastors for lives. So we have to show people. We, we read it in the Bible. It says, it says, be an example to the flock. Right? What's the example? Example of freedom, not hustle, not hiding, not binding folk, but an example of free. Like it's okay. Guess what? Keith probably most of the time talks too much. He does. I'm not gonna say I'm just I'm trying not, I'm trying, I am at times trying not to talk too much, but at a certain level, he talks too much. Once I'm, I'm, I'm aware of that, I'm aware of it, so I'm going to talk less. But if I go, well, you tripping. Everybody, everybody tripping. No, everybody not tripping. Keith talks too much. He's an exhaustive talker. <laughs> right? He's talking right now. <laughs> right? See, see, see. I, man, I've had all types of people say, hey, listen. I, uh, I was in a situation with a leader, and the leader was flipping, tripping. I was over the leader. I set the leader up to, to get promoted. They didn't do what they were supposed to do, but in the meeting, they tried to play it like they still should have got promoted. Then they tried to play like I didn't do it. And so I was out, you know, probably a little, I wasn't in New Jersey, but a little Jersey came out. I, I wasn't in Charlotte. I said, uh, you trying to call me a liar? And so then the, the person kept talking. They started Fumbling, first of all, I had all the proof that I set him up. So I said it again. You trying to call me a liar? 
And then they, they start talking about something. I said, you trying to call me a liar? I said it like four times. So the, so the other minister in the room, I wasn't a pastor, I was a minister. Uh, we, we, we left out of the room. She says, uh, it looks to me like you were antagonizing the person. I said, that's exactly what I was doing. And, and it, it like she's looking at me. You probably remember this if you're watching this. She said, she said, it, it look, she looked like, no, you're supposed to defend yourself. No, I wasn't defending I said, that's exactly what I was doing. I said, I'm, and I explained to her, I said, the person was lying. Now, I can't curse at the person. I don't curse no more. I can't belittle the person. I don't belittle no more. But I can defend my honor. Did you just call me a liar? I said, you're exactly right. I was antagonizing the person. And if that's against the rules, I was against the rules today. <laughs> but I was, did that, again, I'm a, I was a man, I'm a man of God, but, but come on now, like, what am I, some type of piece of stone? <laughs> I'm not a piece of stone, just for the record. Vanessa <laughs> 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 said he got real feelings. Yes, I do, I got feelings too. All right. All right, so this is the thing. We have to be patient, and we can be better leaders, and we can be free if we trust God and allow the process. So, so it's an evolving process. You know, I remember when I broke my arm and they reset my arm. There was nobody inside my cast putting my arm together. I had to allow the process for it to heal. When I broke my patella, uh, yeah, and, and man, I, that, that was hard because I couldn't ball. But I had to allow the process for it to heal. And some of us have been broken. We've been broken from freedom. We've been broken. So we're bound. See, when I got injured, I was restricted from, from a lot of things. Before I broke my knee, I'm playing basketball, I'm running. Uh, she, she wasn't all uh, happy about that, you know, because I come back with busted lips and stuff from playing basketball. She's like, babe, when you going to get this up? But I, but I, but I, can, I can run. I can jump. I can, I can do whatever I wanted to do. When I broke my knee, I couldn't do nothing. Somebody had to drive me where I had to go. I was bound. So for me to get free again, I had to one heal. And when I was healed, I still was limited because I could jump. I mean, I, I was a leaper. I could jump. And one time they, they measured me at jumping 37 inches. But the interesting thing is I couldn't jump. Even when I healed, I couldn't jump. Some, some of it was I couldn't. Some of it, it was psychological because I had broke my knee. So I was still bound. So at first I was bound physically. At first. Then when I healed, it was mental. I wasn't going to, because you know, I jumped with reckless abandon. I wasn't jumping with reckless abandon because I was like, I don't know how, how it's going to be when I come down. Right? Some of us have been broken. And, and it, it, we were bound. It limited us. Right? Because we didn't want to deal with that pain no more. Well, well, some of us have been healed from that for ages. Now we're still bound up here. But God needs us free. Because now you give other people permission to take the step. Now I jump now. I do jump. I do jump boxes and stuff like that. I jump. Right. And, but it started with I just had to do it by faith. I had to test it by faith. Right. So, so this is what God's trying to do as he... He's trying to get us to be kingdom leaders. Kingdom leaders, we talked about it, they're, they're, they're genuine, they're courageous. They're, they're free. Listen, it's hard for people to follow you when you're not free because every, t every little thing is a, what you're trying to say. I'm not trying to say nothing. You're the leader. 
I'm asking you questions for you to lead me. Do you understand? So if, if, if Pastor Mel, the leader, she's the expert in the area. I'm going to ask her questions so she can give me her expertise. But let's say she's fronted and her way to, to leadership. She's going to either get offended or try to what? Dance, right? You know, <laughs> right? <laughs> why? Because why? She didn't allow herself to evolve into leadership. It's not the case with her. That's why I used the example. But so, so you guys have talked to her. You talk to her. You get wisdom. Because she's gone through a process. Yeah, so, so, so what God is saying, just like the healing and things like that, when you're broken, you got to allow it to evolve, but you got you to be still and know that I'm God. You got to stay in my presence and let me, let me work some things out in you. Don't run out of my presence too fast. Because you won't heal, you won't be genuine, you won't be authentic, you won't have courage. And people are not going to want to follow you. I gave you the quote from Braveheart, but it's a good point. People don't follow titles. They follow courage. They, follow, they don't follow titles. They follow genuineness. They don't follow titles. They follow liberty. It's easy for people to follow. Like, you, like if you got to stick your chest out for somebody to follow you, they ain't following you. Even if it looks like they're doing what you're saying, they're doing it reluctantly. And they're talking about you behind your back. I just thought I'd let you know. If nobody told you, they, they, they dogging you out. But if you are free, see, a free person doesn't have to know everything. You're the leader to get all the information to make the final decision, but you ain't the leader to have to know all the information. President don't know all the information. No jokes. All right, so, all right, yeah, but he doesn't. No president does. That's why he has a cabinet. And these people are advising him. But he, he makes the decision, and he has to take the responsibility for it. But he's, he's getting information, though. In my household, I listen, I don't know everything in my house. I already know that now. So Pastor Mel presents something. She has information, too. What kind of president makes decisions with a vice president that knows nothing? That wouldn't even make sense. Or everybody else, it doesn't make sense. So she presents stuff. When she presents it, we consider what's the best option and we make the decision. Now I'm going to take the heat if I make the final decision, but it's not without expertise. I would be retarded. That's not leading. See, if I'm free, she can present her expertise. Like in our house, if we're negotiating something, she does negotiations. Now I've shared this before, but she does. You know, and I was talking to some couples, pastors, this, that, and the other. Everybody's looking at me like, but you the man. See, I, but I, I still make the final decision. I, I, now I watched this girl negotiate a car, and I was sitting there going, I don't know how they going for this. But they was going for it. I would have never, because I'm not a haggler. You better give me the best price or I'm leaving. That's my negotiations. Her, my, my wife, she was like, tell you what, okay, 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 okay. All right, all right. Tell you what, give us this now. And be right in their face too. And they be like, it looks like it's like a Jedi mind trick. She'd be like, give us this. And they be like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> right? Like, like she is sweet at negotiations. But when she finished closing the deal, I heard her. I wasn't even around. She was over somewhere. She said, Oh no, 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 no. We're not doing nothing. This is, my husband has to has to finalize it. 
So you see what I'm saying? But I have to be free enough. Actually, I didn't just talk the whole time. I was uh, ministering to a guy about the Lord. <laughs> Matter of fact, I didn't even want to come that day because I, I ministered to the, the, uh, the Buckeye football team. So I wanted to, I said, babe, I, you know, I got to watch the game. And I kept saying, I got to be back at a certain time. She was like, no problem. We go. And she worked that day. We went in there long. You know how people been in, in the dealerships a long time? We went in there long. They sold her a car and, and gave her the price for our car, and our car wasn't there. They bought our car, sold her a car, and, and, and we didn't have the car there. So that basically, what I had to do was go home, drop her off so she could take the car back so they could do the deal after we did it. See, what, what I'm saying is, but I was free to do that. And the reason why you have to be free as a leader, because whether you think you're sweet or not, God has fearfully and wonderfully made everybody. So that means they have great ideas. And he's trusting you to guide those, all that wisdom and all those gifts into what he wants to do, not what you want to do. You see what I'm saying? So you got to be free, right? All right. So, so, so that, that's important. All right. Um. Mark 8. We're going to start here, verse 15. It says, uh, and, okay, it says, uh, and he charged them, saying, Take heed, beware of the, the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. You know, it's, it's, he's basically talking about people that contaminate you, put limits on you. It says, and they reasoned themselves, uh, they reasoned among themselves, is it because we have no bread? So, so he was giving them a, a parable, but they were talking about bread, you know. Because, you know, leaven's yeast and stuff like that. So he's like, nah, what's my point, bro? <laughs> and, and when Jesus knew it, so he discerned what they were thinking among themselves. He says, when he knew it, he said unto them, why reason ye because ye have no bread? He said, perceive ye not, neither understand. Have ye your heart, ha have ye your heart yet hardened? It says, having eyes, see ye not, having ears, hear ye not, and do you not remember when I broke the five loaves uh, among the 5,000, how many baskets full of fragments uh, took ye up? And they said unto him, 12. And, and when the seven among the 4,000, how many baskets full of fragments took ye up? And they said seven. And he said unto them, how is it that you do not understand? So, so what I'm about to say right now weaves into to because he was leaning into something he was just getting them set up he was telling them he said beware the pharisees and the pharisees with their laws it's like it's like the whole worst case scenario thing it's always a worst case scenario if you do this this is gonna happen to you if you do this oh god gonna strike you down yeah so it's almost like you had everybody on edge like is, is this okay is this okay? Well, it might be okay if you give me a few pennants. You know, if, if you give me some, you know, a couple coins. Okay, well, I'm going to give you coins because, man, I, I don't want to lose my blessings. So, so that's how they got people building all these synagogues and temples off of pennants, right? You know, just giving them everything, you know, because people, he, they, they, what they do is they put guilt on people's heads, you know, so, so people could operate playing off of guilt, not playing off of God. <laughs> right and so so he was saying watch out for the pharisees and stuff like that their motives are off so he wasn't saying that the laws have no value because the laws are for protection not for prevention anyway so he wasn't saying and there, there, it's, it's, it's almost like people have electric fences to protect the dog from getting hit by a car but it's not to it's not to to to, to 
destroy the dog from flowing. It's like, okay, be free, just not out there, <laughs> right? And so same thing with us. Be free, just don't leave the, the, the protection of God, the umbrella of God, right? Don't leave my presence. Yeah, you walk outside of my presence, it's, see, it looks like everything's all good until you get outside of my presence and, and hell start raining down on you. So, 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 so God is saying, but the Pharisees ain't rolling like that. Even within your freedom, they're trying to make you bound. He says, so beware of them. So, so now, so that was, uh, we just read 8, so 8, 15, what are we read to 21, right? All right, so let's drop down here to 34. <laughs> uh, I said, so when he had called the people unto him, uh, with his with his disciples also he said unto them whosoever will come after me let him deny himself take up his cross and follow me now we know that through the disciples cross right master life right take up your cross and follow him right it says for, for whosoever will save his life will lose it but whosoever will lose his life for my sake and for the gospels the same shall save it it says for what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul so here again we're still operating talking about liberty because it's saying that if you're just living life to, to, to protect your life you're going to lose it that's not the whole purpose the whole purpose is for you to live a life right <laughs> Not for you to jump through hoops. And my wife would tell you, like, you know, people that I'm in relationships with, it could be family or whatever, so y'all going gonna to get the, the, the philosophy here. Um, if I think I'm jumping through hoops, I, I'm not bothering with you. I'm not mad at you. I'm just not bothering. I'm not jumping through hoops. Like, why? Why all the hoops? Why is everything drama? Nah, I'm just not bothering. You know, it's cool. It's cool. You, it's okay for you to play the hoop game. I'm just not hooping. <laughs> right? And because that's not healthy. It's just not even, that's not even, not even a relationship. So, 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 again, I'm just sharing everything. But uh, I had, uh, I crossed over, I had this, remember the revelation, Supernatural Liberty. It was one of our visions one year. And uh, so the Lord said, I need you this year to take back your choices. I said, huh? He said, yeah, yeah. He, said, he says, you're not making choices I gave you. You're making choices based on what everybody else thinks. If it's okay with everybody else. If it's approved by everybody else. But I need you to take back your choices. He said, I, I said before you, life and death, blessings and, and, and choices. I gave, I've given you choice. He says, but you're bound. You, everything has to meet somebody's approval. And I appreciate your compliance, Keith, but I need you free now. Right? And so, now, now that was cool if it was just me by myself, but now I'm living this life that's, that's going to affect other people because Mr. Compliant was always there. Oh yeah, just call me anytime, anywhere. I'm there. Well, now I'm not, I'm not just going to show up because you, you, because you think I should be there. Um, I'm going to show up because it's a choice. Oh, that's, that's going to mess some folk up because you're supposed to be there for Christmas dinner. But you might choose to have a family dinner at the house yourself. Right? Because you want to have a family dinner at the house yourself. Right? See, that's not, you're not against nobody. <laughs> you're just operating in freedom. And so this is saying, like, sometimes we do things and we make choices to 
uh, out of compliance. Uh, we go back to Genesis 12 when Abraham was told, uh, leave your brethren and your kindred and go to a place where I'll send you. And that place you'll be blessed. I'm going to make you a blessing. I'm going to bless them to bless you and curse them that curse you. In you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Know why? Because I'm establishing you as a man of faith, a leader of liberty. He says, so, so everybody's going to be blessed because you're going to show them how to do this. And, and, and the Kamash, which is a book about the first five books of the Bible, the Torah, it says Abraham was given a mantle of chosenness. So, so up to that point, he was compliant. He followed all the rules. He was taking care of his, his brother's uh, son, Lot. Because that was a part of their culture. He's taking care of his dad. That was a part of their culture. God told him to leave everybody. He told him to leave Lot too. He just didn't do it at first. Why? He was saying, you've been so faithful and compliant. You've, you've dot your eyes across the T's. You've been there for everybody. Time for you to get yours now. Go for yourself. He's basically saying you've been faithful in another man's. Time for you to get your own now. It's just time. He said, time, time for you to be blessed yourself. Now, that's not going to be popular because people are going to want to pull you back into you being there for them all the time. But you're not going to be able to do that. You, so now your obedience is not to them, it's to me. So what you going to do now? You're just talking about obedience. What you going to do now? You're going to be obedient to me or compliant to them? See, there's a level where it sh things shifts over to free to be what God told you to be, not what people are giving you permission to be. Right? See, there's a whole nother level of freedom. See, a leader must lead in liberty, not in limits. And that's what Jesus was basically telling them. Beware of the Pharisees. They're lorders. They're not leaders. Lorders are always restricting you. Leaders are freeing you. Now, you might say, well, how come I can't do what I want to do? No, no, no. Leaders are freeing you to be what God designed you to be, but you have to go through a process. The Bible says the heir is no different from a servant as long as he's a child, but is under tutors and governors to the appointed time of the father. When that appointed time comes, you're free, but you've learned, similar to Abraham, you've learned how to serve. You learn how to appreciate. You learn how to relate. You learn how to not to take people for granted. See, when you go through a process... You don't, uh, Pastor Mel was talking about this in the process of time. When you don't skip the process, you appreciate other people's paths too. Right? So, so, so when you're dealing with them, like, hey, man, I know what you're going through, man. Hey, I've been there, man. But if you skip through the process and then you're appointed the position, you don't relate to nobody. So you're like, make it happen. Don't say nothing to me, just make it happen. Don't talk back to me. Just do what I say do. Make it happen. Why? Because you don't know what it takes for it to happen. But when you know what it takes for it to happen, you're like, whoa, okay, well, well we might have to come up with some, more, some new wisdom. Right? Because I, I, can, I can understand how that may be difficult. You see, your whole, your whole style of leading is totally different. Right? So I want to read this out of the New Living Version, uh, uh, Galatians 4, 8, 9. That's after Galatians 4, 1 and 2, where the heir is different, nothing from a servant as long as he's a child. You drop down to verse 8, uh, but it says this. It says, before you Gentiles knew God, you were slaves to so-called gods that do not even exist. 
It says, now that you have found God, or should I say, now that God has found you, why do you want to go back again and become slaves once more to the weak and useless spiritual powers of this world? He says, I don't get it. I freed you. Why would you go back and be bound? It's almost like God pulls you out of the pressures of, of, of the peers and the craziness and the keep it, caught up in keeping up. Y'all know what that is, right? And then we spend time with trying to ease ourselves back into those environments. Why? You're free. You're released. Why would you go back into environments where you don't drink? Now you got you, you to gotta make a big decision. Uh, should I drink? Uh, no, I shouldn't drink. I uh, probably shouldn't drink, but I'm not going to drink. They ain't going to make me drink. Yeah, why are you even going through all that? Why, why, why? Why why'd you put yourself in a position where you got to make all those type of decisions? Why don't you just lead instead of follow? Why don't you become the pressure? You get into a situation and you decide whether or not you want to talk. Like, when I'm around you talking about the Lord all the time. The Lord's good. Oh, the Lord is phenomenal. And Jesus is off the hook. But then you get into that environment, all of a sudden you ain't talking about Jesus. It's like when some of you curse. But then you come around the pastors, you don't curse. Right? But it's flipped. You talk about Jesus, but you treat him like a curse when you go around other people because you don't say nothing. That ain't free. The Bible says I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it's the power of God under salvation. Romans 1.16. Then right after that, the next verse says, look, look, the just shall live by faith. <laughs> live by faith. We're free. Like, how do we don't have to be bound? Like, man, listen, I just be flipping stuff. I, I'm, I'm just flipping it now. You don't go to church? Seriously? Oh, my God. How do you survive? You don't read the Bible. Like, certainly, like come on, you're joking, right? Because that's what they do with you, right? You don't smoke. Right? Come on. You don't smoke. I know you at least drink. You got to drink something. Beer or something. Like, who doesn't drink? I don't. <laughs> I don't drink. I don't smoke. You, you understand what I'm saying? Like, like, like what are we doing? So because God is trying to get us to be kingdom leaders, not just by pretense, but we're really actually walking in liberty. And we're giving other people permission to be free. That's what the goal is. Which we're in search of freedom, not stuff. Because I know plenty of people with stuff that ain't free. Hey, hey I didn't say don't have stuff, but if it has you, you ain't free. Now, now, when I say I know plenty of people with stuff, I ain't talking about a couple of trinkets. I know plenty of people with stuff, like stuff, <laughs> stuff, stuff. But I know a lot of people that ain't free. I know people with stuff that are free. Don't, don't get me wrong. But I know a lot of people that ain't free. So when you measure people, you go, well, they're not doing these Christian things. And they have all this stuff. Yeah. Sit around them. Interview them. See them when, when nobody's around. They ain't free. Why is people driving their cars off of cliffs and you got multi, 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 millions of dollars, taking pills, daily trying to kill yourself, right? Because you ain't free. All right, that's all for the day. We, I done went off the rails anyway, so <laughs> that's all. We, we're in there.